This is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez-Guez. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. Today, our conversation will be on finding the right job fit. Why is it important to you and the employer? So let's start discussing what job fit is. Uh, simply put, it's just your unique set of skills that match up to a job requirement. Nayeli, how do you see a job fit? I always look at different um, levers, right? Because there's some things that I always talk about the $300,000 garbage lady. Like if someone gave me $300,000 to be the garbage lady five days a week, I would do that without thinking. At that point, I won't care about what I'm doing, <laughs> like the compensation merits everything else. Um, I also think that it's part of what you believe, right? Mm -hmm. Your your beliefs have to align with the company. So I always say there's four levers. It's the culture that you're entering, the company, the challenge, and the compensation. So, and there's, there's going to be times when one is going to be more influential than the other. Like I said, mm -hmm. if you give me $300,000, I'm pretty much going to take that job. But what if it's not the right company? What if it's not the right culture? Could you, like, which one pulls the right lever? Which one is going to, and it's going to change, right? Like if I have the opportunity um, to have like my dream job, would I forego compensation to get in that door? Probably. And then also, you know, I, I think about sometimes my title has gone like up or down because smaller companies can give a bigger title, bigger companies right. give a smaller title. Does the title matter to me or does the work matter to me? Does the challenge matter to me? And if the compensation and the challenge are aligned, do I care that the company's calling me a director instead of a VP? No. You know, I'm going there for different reasons. So when you look at a job fit, you have to say, one, is the culture one I want to work in? And do your research for that. Because a lot of times you're going to walk into a very toxic environment and also be mindful that if you go on like a glass store or if you go read reviews, a lot of the reviews you're going to be reading are from people who have left. Yes. And so, you know, I always tell people, even when you go on Yelp to look for restaurants, be mindful that the, the people most prone to leave a review are the people who have had a negative experience, you know, and go on LinkedIn and see who works there that you know that you can ask questions to about the job. No, totally agree. I, I heard you say due diligence on the organization that you're applying for. Does your professional experience transfer to the job? And will they be able to elevate your your professional experience as well and skill set? And then your personality and values, do they align to that uh, of the organization? You know, I, I looked up some stats from, from a Harvard Review re report. And in a recent survey, 2,500 millennial and Generation Z applicants 72% of those respondents were surprised or regretted accepting a role because of the position uh, or company was very different what they actually thought they were walking into. So again, for you listening, please do that research, right? What are you walking into? Um, and a couple questions to that in, in that, in that uh, survey that, that, uh, and, and that I researched and, and that I've used as well, you know, ask the questions of how success is measured. How are they going to elevate you, right? Where do they see the current role at in a year? You know, based on your interaction, also find out what's what's the the attrition rate. Why are people leaving? Like what what what? So that leads leads you into into the culture itself. Right, the culture is so important because you're going to spend your time there. 
Although right now, you know, as you think about the hybrid roles and doing remote work, like, could you muscle through an okay culture? Like, what what are some of the things that are non-negotiables for you? And some of that is, you know, if you look at the at the statistics, we have a lot more people looking to apply for remote jobs and a lot less remote jobs available now that the pandemic is quote unquote over. Right. Right. So lots of people applying for the same kind of remote jobs. So that's also shifting the way the culture is going to be. Right. Culture may not be as much of a lever in some of these remote jobs because you're able to do the work, but you're doing the work from home. And now you're going to participate in meetings, but you may have more you time, or maybe that's part of what you need in a culture is to have that time at home where you don't have to spend the commuting and that's part of the culture. So I, I like the idea of looking for something that marries your, your belief, your values. Uh, it also has to marry your skill set. And most people will sell their skill set short. And I have a huge problem with that because if you look, I think it's like 80% of men will apply for a job if they can do 30% of the work and women will not apply for it unless we could do 90% of the work. Um, looking at those, like the criteria, you know, they usually when you see a job posting, they do it in two ways. They say minimum requirements and ideal requirements. And the minimum requirements are like, these are the basic skills you need to do the job. And then the ideal will say like, hey, if we had to pick, you know, who would be the prime person for this, who could come in and start leading this role, they would have this criteria or these this skill set. And we read that and instead of saying like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. I can learn this or I got 50% of this. We always look at what we can't do and we start putting up this wall of like, well, I can't do this and it's on the list. So I'm probably not a good candidate. And that's not true. If you could get there, if you know the other things, or if you're close enough, that'd be great. Wouldn't you take 90% or 50% of like the rest we can teach you, but you have to come and we talk ourselves out of a job instead of talking ourselves into a job. Yeah, I think that one of the things that shows up in that is your personality, right? Is is your personality one that that's continuously one that learns, that that's looking for for ways to improve on things. So, uh, yeah, don't sell yourself short. Uh, one of the biggest things that I always tell individuals as they prepare and we help them prepare for their interview uh, or for their 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 uh, uh, job application is go go in there. One or two things will happen. You're going to get the job. Or you're going to get exposure and find out there are certain skills I have to go back to to working on as well, which is fine, right? It's fine. But now now you know things that you didn't know before. And then you find a mentor. You find working on things as well because there's always opportunities that you're going to, you're going to work on. But another, another thing to look at is what is that organization willing to do? Because, yeah, they're going to, you're going to see some transferable skills, some opportunity there. But how well can they build you up? Because they have to, they have to know no one's a perfect candidate. Because even those that we think are perfect, once they're in the role, we start seeing there's 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 something wrong. It's not clicking right. What's what's in their way as well? Uh, but yeah, definitely go out there because the more you know, the better you do. Right, and I think it's important to list all all the things you can do. I like how um, you know 
with Elevate Development, I do a lot of uh, prepping for interviews and a lot of coaching on resumes and how to write them. And I love having that section of skill set and expertise because to me, that's going to hit the keywords that people are looking for. Mm -hmm. That's where you see, you know, the Microsoft proficiency. That's where you see the the dual language or you know, trilingual, uh, that's where you see a lot of the skill sets that maybe you don't, you couldn't list prior in your resume or you, there was like weird, where, where do I place this skill set? But now we have these whole sections dedicated to this is what I know. This is what makes it a good fit. This is, you know, this is my expertise. And when you marry that to the job description, that's how you get callbacks. That's how you get brought in for an interview is by making sure that your resume reflects that job. And a lot of times we have like the generic resume or the general resume of like, this is what I can do. I encourage everybody to, when you're applying for a job, when you find that ideal role, make sure you go back and edit your resume to be a stronger fit to that job description. Gracias por tomarte tu cafecito con nosotros. If you're enjoying this, please leave a review wherever you listen. Share and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and also at corpcafecito.com. Let us know what you'd like to hear or if you'd like to be part of our show. if I read this correctly, uh, of recruiters go to LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, you want to leverage that technology on there because you, you want to update. I would say every every year, update your your bio there or your resume out there and have those words of what you're looking for because that's where they're going to find it. They do a buzzword search, keyword search, and that's how they, these, they reach out to you. You may get this opportunity as well. Uh, but just so you know, that that's that's where a majority of that of the uh, opportunities come from is from from that source of LinkedIn. So it is important uh, to make sure that you're assessing your skills and you're staying relevant. Because in my experience, I've I've searched or researched individuals that I've interviewed, and it's like, wow, this is pretty outdated. Or no posts. Or not that we're saying that you have to post every day, but just just make sure that it's fresh and it's relevant to what you're trying to cause of that new opportunity. And LinkedIn also provides. Uh, referrals and recommendations. So if you work with someone or you've worked for, with, alongside, you know, do a recommendation for them or ask them to do a recommendation for you so that when it comes back or if a recruiter is looking through your profile, they can see, you know what, these people have vouched for the performance of this person. And LinkedIn is what, like the Facebook of, of, you know, (laughs) professional Facebook. And, you know, it's really cool to see all the skill sets, have people endorse you for different skill sets so that it could start saying, you know, this person has, you know, Excel, this one has leadership, this has time management or the, you know, SHRM or, um, you know, PMP, all of the things. List all of those and start sharing that on LinkedIn, especially if you're looking for a job, because that way when they're looking at your profile, they can see all the skill set. And it'll tell you, um, which I think is a beautiful feature of LinkedIn, it'll say you would be in the top 25% of applicants based on what they're looking for and the skill set you have. 
But if your LinkedIn profile isn't up to date or it doesn't have all these things, it's not going to recommend it. And if a recruiter, you know, if 75% of recruiters are looking on LinkedIn and your LinkedIn doesn't have all of your skill set, then they might miss out on you and you might miss out on them. And that might have been a good fit or your dream job, but because you didn't have this up to date, and by the way, please put a picture on there. Um, a current picture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's really important so that you can marry marry the, the skill set to the person and list all your skill sets and don't be humble. You know, if you're 50% qualified, like put it on there. Yeah. And and think outside just, just the professional experience. What are you doing externally, right? What, what, what? Seminars are you attending on your own? Where do you uh, volunteer? Volunteer, yep. exactly. That that tells us a whole different side of, of the individual as well. Of you know, it could tell the story of dedicated, right? Of what you're passionate about, and that ties back to the personality of hey, you know, this is a person that we we could integrate in a group because nine times out of ten, you're going to be working with with a group of individuals. So one thing that that you know you're gonna be judged on or interviewed on is how well will this person integrate to the current team, right? What are they going to bring? What dynamic are they going to bring? And at face value, because, you know, resume only tells you half the story. That's when you present yourself. It's the other full half of, of the opportunity that, right. that's The resume before. gets you in the door. In the door, right. Now you present. Right. Your presentation is key there. Uh, so yeah, this is this is some some great dialogue, and hopefully you're you're taking some notes here and and taking some of these nuggets as well because it's just better positioning you uh, for the next opportunity. And just going back to to some questions, once let's fast forward to when you get in the in, in the interview and and you're at the tail end, you know, please prepare some questions that that are intentional. Some in order to figure out if this is the job fit. Here are some questions. You know, how are mistakes handled? How, mm-hmm. su- how success measured? How do you resolve a conflict within the different situation, you know, or, you know, a difference in situations? How is that? You know, how do they go? Did they go directly to HR? Is there, what's the process? This is a great question. And I wish more people asked that in an interview. There was a, a study where, uh, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but a CEO had like the 22 managing directors of different business units. And they were all asked, like, would you take this challenge if you could either make two million or lose half a million? And only three took it because if they did it and it succeeded, they would get a pat on the back for having an additional two million dollars in revenue. But if they lost half a million dollars, the repercussions would be so extreme that they do not, they are risk averse because of how mistakes are handled. And so if, I, I love that idea of asking, you know, if someone messes up or if I make a mistake, how do you how do you handle that? That's a great question to ask. Yeah, because let's be honest, goals are forecasted, right? It's like my 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 crystal ball is as good as yours. We can't foretell the future, right? We could forecast even the weather people, right? They're on TV. Mm-hmm. It's hit or miss at times. Yep. So it's important that you ask that question because do you, how do you reset? How do you realign? I, I think uh, both you and I came across a video that, that stated of an organization that um, I guess the CEO belittled the sales team because they didn't hit the goal, right? And what was, what was really stated there is that sometimes when we set a goal, Maybe it was too far out and we just have to adjust it, right? Make mm-hmm. it more realistic. So, okay, we didn't hit the mark. What adjustments do we have to make? Is that goal far-fetched? 
Right. right. So that goes back to that as well. How do they handle, you know, the goals or how are those set? And then if, it, if one doesn't hit it as a team, you know, what, what, what's the process behind that? Another great question, how do they communicate and lead people from different backgrounds? We live in a day and age of diversity, right? There's different thought processes, different value systems. How, how's that integrated as well? Knowing, knowing that piece. Um, and then how do they support you to upskill, right? Help you with your upskill as well. How is that? How's that? Not just the onboarding. I think that's the biggest question that's asked. Well, what's the onboarding look like? Let's look beyond that. I agree, but I think the onboarding process is so critical. It is. Because a lot of times it's not a very structured onboarding and it's kind of sink or swim. And when you're looking for a right job fit, it's like, how am I going to be brought in? How am I going to, like, what's what's the process? Like, is there a class? Like, I remember my, my favorite job, we had a month where they put us up in, like, corporate apartments and we were all there and we learned together and ate together. And it was like we were indoctrinated. <laughs> and I loved it, right? We I have super meaningful friendships still. And that was, like, my first job out of college that came from having that experience together. Do you want to build a cohesive team? How do you want to introduce everybody into this culture? How do you bring them in? And that's important, right? For me, it was really important. I love onboarding because I want to meet the team. I want to know there's a plan in place. Other people may hate it, right? They don't want to go and be part of the, the whole indoctrination. They may say like, you know what? I know how to do the job. I just want to give me like one to two days. Let's fill out my paperwork and then I want to get to work. So that's where the job fit comes in, right? Everyone needs different things from the job. And just because what made me happy with the onboarding probably made someone else really uncomfortable. And so when you're looking for a job, it's very important that you make sure you're looking for it for you. And I say that because a lot of our family members will have suggestions Correct. and feedback mm -hmm. on what's a good fit for you. And, you know, pues tómalo, es un buen trabajo. But if it's not a good fit for you, you're not going to be happy. And if you're not going to be happy, you're not going to be engaged. And if you're not engaged, you're not going to be productive. How do you see yourself in that role 12 months out? That's a question you should be looking at. All right, do I see myself? And I don't mean that you have to be there the next 30 years, but do you see yourself? Because to your point, the honeymoon does wear off. Okay, you've been introduced to everyone. Now what, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll relate to that when, when I opened up my my uh, insurance agency. It's like, all right, everyone's, yeah, rah, 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 the grand opening. That died out. Now what, right? Mm -hmm. So do you see yourself in, in that in that uh, opportunity moving forward? And, and if not, then that's something that you should consider, right? You should consider it. Uh, maybe it is not the job fit, or at least maybe not now. Right. And also, you know, I there was that um, TV show from Mexico, Se Vale Soñar. And when you're looking for a job and you want to make sure it's the right job fit, dream. A lot of times we say like, oh, I can't do this, or I don't know how to do this, or this is a change of industry. I don't think they'd hire me. You know, I have worked with a lot of uh, professionals, you know, through Elevar, where we have transitioned them from one industry to another. And it's easier to say, I can't do it, but I work with people to find their transferable skill sets, right? If you've done this, you can do this. And just because you did it in a classroom setting or in a hospital or at this corporation doesn't mean that you can't take that same skill set and reposition it and realign it to do something different or in a different industry. 
because the skill sets that you learn, like leadership, um, time management, like uh, analytics, all of that is needed everywhere. So don't limit yourself to be like, well, you know, I've been a healthcare professional for 25 years. That's great. That's amazing. Your service to others, your ability to provide empathy, your ability to maintain confidentiality and patient information and understanding the importance of, you know, giving the right medicine or or providing the right mental health support. All of that, all of that is transferable. All of that can go into another field. It doesn't, don't limit your scope to what you've always done because there's a whole world that could benefit from the skill sets that you bring. Absolutely. Uh, I think we pigeonhole ourselves to only what we know. So that's, that's where we're, um, you know, reaching out to one of us, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or even in your sphere of, of uh, influence to, of, hey, I'm thinking of a career change. Find out somebody that's in that role. Right? That's the other thing, too, that, that, uh, that I've also uh, encouraged everyone. Find a team member that's in, in that role right now. What does that mean to them? And, and does it speak to you? Right. right. Does it speak to you? Because just because that individual, it's working for them, would it work for you? And there's so many variables you got to look at, too, as well on that. Uh, how it's going to impact your family, uh, for those that, that have a family. How's it going to impact, if, if you're single, your trajectory mm-hmm. as well? Is this going to help you elevate you? All right, so just recapping, uh, we de- definitely talked about some areas that you want to look at uh, in in making sure this is the right job fit is do your d- due diligence, right? Nayeli, I think you talked about that, making sure you understand what you're, who you're applying for, the organization, and what's the job entail. Um, your professional experience, does it transfer? Are there some soft skills uh, there that, that, that will transfer to the role as well? And then personality and values, does it align with the culture there? Did I miss anything there? Yeah, I think well, one no, but it was re- that was a good <laughs> okay. recap. But also, you know, do do the work, customize your resume. Don't be scared to apply for positions that may feel like a stretch or that may be in a different industry. And if recruiters are looking on LinkedIn, make sure your LinkedIn is buttoned up and that you have all your information up to date. That you list all your skill sets so that when people come looking for someone like you, that they are able to find you in the LinkedIn world. And, you know, LinkedIn now has that, uh, we sound like a LinkedIn commercial. LinkedIn now <laughs> has that like open to work um, where it actually will tell recruiters that you're available. So make sure to highlight your skill set, promote yourself, do it in a way that is authentic and, you know, dream and apply for, for jobs, even if you think they might be a little bit of a stretch because you may be exactly the type of person they would Welcome into the organization and develop you once you're there. So thank you for participating in this. Like this is part of why we started Corporate Cafecito was to be able to provide feedback and ideas and growth opportunities. So we hope that you take this and benefit from it because we're really enjoying being able to provide some of our insights uh, from our corporate experience. So thanks for joining us today at Corporate Cafecito. I am Nayeli Suarez-Guez. And I'm Mario Rodriguez. Hasta la próxima. Corporate Cafecito was produced in beautiful downtown Oak Park at Boulevard Studio. Audio engineer and editor is Mike Mitchell. We're available on every podcast platform. 